love coach. Let's find out if you're ready for love. Here's your marvelous host, Nikki Lee. Hello, and welcome to Ready for Love Radio. This is your host and love coach, Nikki Lee. And today, we are going to delve into the world of the modern courtesan. And my guest, Jackie Morris, is going to share all kinds of interesting information with us. So, Jackie, Mm -hmm. it's awesome to have you with me today. Thank you. It's great to be here. We're just, I tell you what, I, I got an invitation to your Facebook page. That's how I'm finding a lot of guests lately. <laughs> so <laughs> I looked at that, and I started, and you're sharing really cool excerpts. So I started reading. I said, I think she should be on my show. And then, then your answers, when, when I sent you some questions and I said, just give me some, some stuff to review, were so great. So I've, I've been looking <laughs> forward to it. <laughs> so, so the first question I usually ask people is to share a little bit about the work they do, and I really liked your answer to that. Do you want to let the listeners know what you told me about that? Because it wasn't what sure. I was expecting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not exactly a job. It's, it's this interesting hybrid between, you know, it takes like, the best of the professional sort of world and the best of the personal world and combines it together into this hybrid. But at the end of the day, it's more of a, uh, it's more of a dating kind of situation. It's more of a relationship style than it is a job. Yes, yeah, you know, nobody that wants to feel that it's a job to be with them. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> I was thinking that that's like the people that say, "I love my work," as you know. So, that's a, for some reason that popped into my head when you said that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's all, it's, it's very pleasurable. You know, like I don't choose to, to um, meet anybody that way that I don't think I would have a pleasurable experience with. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. And the funny thing is, I also, one of the questions I asked too is what prompted you to get involved in any kind of a, a love or relationship or, or sex-related kind of field? And your answer <laughs> Shocked me, and we are really going to talk about this because I'm wondering how you made the leap between these. So, so I, know, what was <laughs> I had been a corporate accountant um, for an English investment bank, and mm-hmm. uh, you know I went to the top school in the country for accountancy. Had you know the good job and everything, and uh, and I just couldn't stand it. I just uh, <laughs> I just. I don't know. This is the environment, you know. And I um, and some friends of mine. Well, I had been into yoga in college, and some friends of mine had moved out to a yoga ashram. And they said, "Oh, you know, this ashram needs a bookkeeper." <laughs> and yeah. at the time, the, the, the yes. Oh, sorry. I, I thought you said something. Um, oh, that's okay. Okay. Uh, so, and the office was going to be closing, and you know, and so I was going to have to be, you know, looking for a new job anyway. And I thought, well, you know, it's summertime. Maybe I'll just go out there and I'll check it out, and I'll take a little break in between jobs, you know, and uh, and just see see what that's all about. And um, and I just really enjoyed the environment. Like I felt just relaxed and good, and you know, and I had to quit smoking, <laughs> just sort of instantly. I did, you know, all of this yoga for a couple of weeks, and then. You know, just I started, you know, building like, health habits, and I'm like, you know, I mean, I have a little bit of savings. Like, I don't have to go back to the corporate world immediately. Um, but what was interesting was, um, you know, there were a lot of different kinds of people at this ashram, and I had met some women that did that work. And, you know, it never occurred to me to do it. Um, but I did stay at the ashram for another seven months doing yoga and meditation and bookkeeping and this and that. And then one day, you know, like, my, my mind was so clear, um, you know, because it was a relatively silent environment, 
as ashrams tend to be. You know, people are very deep in, you know, contemplation, meditation, and, and, you know, purifying their bodies, eating really good, and doing yoga several hours a day. And I just had this wild thought. I want to be an escort. <laughs> and, of course, you know, I, I didn't pay it any attention because it just seemed like the weirdest thing in the world to me. Um, you know, I wasn't really... I I wasn't what I would consider to be, like, attractive, you know? Like, I hadn't ever really figured out the dating thing. I had had a couple boyfriends in, you know, high school and college, but not really much of a connection with anybody. And, you know, it was just painfully awkward in the whole dating sphere. And so for me to think I could do that kind of thing professionally was just ridiculous, you know? But the thought wouldn't go away. And so I was like, okay, well, I mean, I know these women. I could just... I could just ask them and talk to them and see what it's about, you know, and um, and so, you know, so over time we got to know one another and trust one another enough to, um, yeah, to begin sort of checking it out together. And <laughs> it was wild. Um, the, uh, you know, the, the first person that I saw was um, such a sweet, sweet man, um, and it was somebody I actually knew, which was so weird. Um, he would come drink. around the um, the ashram, and he would bring uh, like you know um, donuts and coffee and you know that kind of thing. And so when I found out that he was actually someone's you know client, you know that was my word for it at the time, I was shocked. <laughs> I thought like, oh, you know, this is some like sketchy thing that you do, some you know, uh, and that there would be this separation between those worlds, but there wasn't. And so that they felt very normal and regular about it helped me feel very normal and regular about it. And, you know, so he and I went out for dinner, and it was just, it was just so sweet. He was from Georgia, and so he had his very, like, gentlemanly way of being about him. He was about six years old, and, um, and I, was about, I was 23 at the time, and I had never even been on a date like a proper date, you know, because people don't go on dates in college. You know? <laughs> I mean, you know, we all just sort of meet at the same bar or, you know, we all dance at the same place or something, and then one night somebody gets drunker than they usually do and something happens, and then they're your boyfriend, you know. <laughs> sort of how it works in my generation. But, um, you know, so to be out for dinner and get to know one another, I was just um, – you know, I was really tickled. And my, you know, my, my body and my mind and, you know, my emotional state was so um, strong from having done this retreat for seven months that, um, that I just was very open, you know, to somebody else's sweetness. And, um, you know, and that he was just so courteous and so interested in, you know, what would be a pleasant experience for me on all levels, you know. So we did our little, you know, dinner part and, you know, yes, we want to do this. Okay, cool. You know, like you have to do that establishing of, you know, okay, do we want to do the, do the thing? Yeah, okay, okay, let's do it. And then we <laughs> went back to his place and, um, and it was uh, just so, just so sweet. Um, and that... You know, prior to that, I had been very specific with what kind of man would be attractive to me and what kind of experience, you know, like I dated DJs or, uh, you know, I mean, they, they had to be like tall, they had to be thin, and they had to be like a couple years older than me and, you know, like weird hair. And, and it was specific, you know, and so that this, you know, 60-year-old man could, you know, authentically turn me on by how turned on he was and by how... um 
careful his touch was and how much attention he gave me and just how much enjoyment he was having at my, just with me, with, by me being me without having to try, you know. Right. Um, right. It's such a turn on for me that I got off on it. Like, like, whoa, you know, <laughs> this is really cool. Like, I would have never thought to spend my time this way because, you know, I'm 23 and I have a really specific idea of the world and who I am in it and, you know, um, but, yeah, that, that, that I could have this completely um, different kind of experience uh, was really inspiring, and I wanted to do it more. That's interesting. It, it's interesting that because we, we all have, like, ideas. Of if, if you're out in public or if you're, heaven forbid, in a bar, I, I hate the whole bar scene. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> it feels like a meat market, and it's so not my thing. You know, but <clears throat> when, whenever you meet somebody, and, and don't you kind of automatically just kind of think, you know, just kind of acknowledge if if it looks like your kind of person or looks like somebody you might mm-hmm. be interested in or, you know. And the thing is, you eliminate a lot of possibilities that way. And you what, what you're saying is that, you know, the thing is, and, and if you if you connect with the person on a different level, you don't notice that kind of thing as much. And that's that's one thing, too, about, you know, making friends and talking to people online because you, you don't have the face-to-face. You don't have the... You know what color eyes do they have? What you know what color is their hair? You know how tall are they? You don't have all that in front of you, and you can yeah. get to know the person behind all of the facade. You know, yeah, so it just, yeah. It's interesting how things work that way when you're when you're not face to face. People think you can't get to know somebody if you're not standing in front of them and that kind of thing. But like I said, I think if the people are honest with each other, then you can you can get to know people in, in such a deeper way that you might not if you saw them in person, or you mm-hmm. might just dismiss. You know, like you said with this guy, because I mean, if if you had been somebody out, out in public and hadn't already met him and that kind of thing, you probably wouldn't have gone out to have dinner with him. I wouldn't think. I mean, if I I wouldn't have even noticed him, you know, like I, I just because I was, you know, like not not in that kind of attraction way. You right. know, well, you say like you go to the bar and you're kind of scanning the room. Like I I wouldn't have even noticed he was there probably at okay. that time in my life for sure. He probably uh, noticed you. <laughs> you may not. <laughs> he probably <laughs> would have. <laughs> now, something I was wondering, I was, I was starting to read through this, and it, there's kind of this catchphrase that I've heard, and, of course, there was a movie about it, too, called The Girlfriend Experience, which mm-hmm. seems a little different, and it's more of a, it, it's, not, it's not just about sex. It's more of a, you know, spend time together, go out to dinner, you know, sh- share more of yourself with the person, not just in a sexual, physical kind of way. So yeah. are there some similarities between the quote-unquote girlfriend experience and being an escort and the things that you do? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I've i always had um, just a desire to be the best at whatever it is I'm doing. And, you know, so... Um, you know, to be the best girlfriend has been, you know, or to provide the best kind of experience has been something in the back of my mind for, you know, as long as I've been doing this, which is 18 years. And, you know, and my idea of what's, what makes a nice experience for somebody has shifted a lot over that time, you know, because I originally, I thought, you know, oh, it's, you know, giving him whatever he wants, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, well, not exactly. <laughs> you know, well, like, there oh, probably were some like that, though. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, there's women who, who really enjoy pleasing. Um, you know, there's women who, like, um, you know, yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's so there's every different type of woman is a different type of girlfriend. Um, and so, but for me, uh, in order to, um, to just really get across my uniqueness, 
so that way there he can go. tell if he I wants like to be with me, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, he does have a lot of choices. And I want him to make a choice that is the right choice for him. So I don't want to present myself as something that I'm not. Um, you know, like, I, I like to just be very, you know, sensual. I like to be very, you know, playful. I like to talk to somebody and, and get to know them. I, um, I uh, like... Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm, a, I'm an affectionate person. I'm, you know, a sweet person, and you know, and I also need like a week's notice. Like I can't just sort of come over at seven o'clock. You know, <laughs> like I got a lot going on. I got to make time for it because I I want to be, you know, I want to be the best I can be. And I can't be the best I can be if I have to, you know, get myself together in a half an hour and rush over someplace. You know. Well, um, you know, one of, one of the things that you said too is, and I really like this, and it it shows that it's it's a different sort of level of what you're doing is I'm part of the experience not just providing it. Mhm. I just I really I really like that when I read that. It's like, okay, no that's that's different. Yeah. Yeah, I mean to actually be available for connection with another person is a practice in itself. Because you know a lot of people will start out especially with a stranger um in a mode of self-protection. I'm trying to gauge, you know, if they're safe, um, if they're going to be respectfully treated, um, you know, and they reserve themselves until they establish that. But for me, I establish that, usually I establish that before I even talk to somebody on the phone. Uh, and then, um, you know, I'm really specific about how I establish those two things. So that way the entire time that we're getting to know each other, we can already be in connection. Um, and so that requires a lot of um, practice on my part. A lot of, you know, I'm still doing, you know, meditation and yoga the same as I was, you know, uh, 18 years ago. I am looking for, um, you know, what are those things that, those just the, the thoughts that creep around my head that hold me back from connection with somebody? Um, you know, what are the fears that I have of people? What are the ways in which their attention feels uncomfortable to me? Um, and I, and I work on those parts, and I work on opening those parts of myself up so that way I can be available to connect with a stranger. You know, because it's like, you know, my practice is that, you know, everybody out there is, you know, God, right? Like, like if anybody's God, we all are. <laughs> and so, you know, and this is where the, you know, kind of practice part of it comes in is, you know, like, I don't look at them and make them prove to me that they're God, you know, or make them prove to me that they're a good person, or, um, because that's to start with the projection of them as a bad person, you know, like, guilty until proven innocent, right? And I like to start yeah, right. with them as innocent, you know, and even if they, you know, try to prove themselves as guilty, like, I know that they're innocent, um, and, you know, and that they're misunderstood in this place. And then, you know, I assess whether I can help them. You know, sometimes it's, you know, they have, a, they have some patterns that are, you know, too difficult for me to handle. There's, you know, mental illness or, um, you know, addictions or, um, you know, violence or something. And I'm like, okay, you know, this is beyond my realm of, you know, capability of getting off on handling. But, um, you know, I don't, I, I don't make them a bad person. Like I don't, I don't further solidify that idea that they have of themselves that they're a bad person. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. And and I like and it came up several different times in in the information I looked over about you was without judgment. I yeah. really really like that. 
um, because I mean, there's there's so many things that I think people hold back in any kind of a, a, a relation or interaction with another person because they're concerned about the other person judging them. We actually we talked about that last week. I did a show um, about people that are, are repressed sexually, you know, and mm-hmm. that that's a big thing with the whole judgment because you know you're you're kind of afraid to say you know I want whatever because of mm-hmm. what the other person's going to say or how they're going to react or what they'll think of you kind of thing. So when right. when you take judgment out of the picture. That opens up such an awesome possibility for for two people. Oh my gracious! Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And again, yeah, you know, it's a practice <laughs> because yep. you know my judgment is just my fear. Um, you know, it's a place where I've decided I don't want to identify with this person. You know that that they have some kind of behavior that's beyond the pale for me, and I'm going to disconnect from them, and I'm going to make them, you know, an enemy or different from me or um, you know, hold them at arm's distance. Uh, and so my practice for that is to, you know, look at the place in me that's similar. Um, you know, even though they might have a behavior going on in the extreme, you know, I might have just a little tiny, you know, homeopathic little spot of that in me somewhere where I can stay in connection with them. Right. Um, and even though I, I don't have to, and I, you know, I also know full well that I don't have to participate in anything that they want to do if it doesn't turn me on. I you know, and I'll be very clear about that. Like, um, but you know, I don't make them wrong for wanting that. I'll just be like, "Wow, you know, <laughs> that's a little too intense for me." But like, <laughs> you know, how is that for you? You know, like, what's hot about that for you? Um, you know, and just keep it in a playful mood. Um, and you know, and try to find out because often when somebody has an extreme desire, it's like it's because that desire hasn't really gotten any air. You know, that they've, like, trapped it away, they've locked it away in some weird part of their psyche for so long that now it's, like, grown this, you know, into this weird shape. And they're like, you know, I want to do this. And you're like, whoa, (laughs) why? (laughs) Why do you want to do that? Like, like, okay, you know. And then you find out they, like, saw it online or what. Like, you know, they're, they're just... People don't even know why they have the desires that they have. And I don't know why I have the desires why, you know, that I have, and so I certainly don't want to identify with them, you know, identify them with that desire and be like, oh, you're weird because you have this desire. It's like, you know, we are just not even at the mercy of all of the – or we're not even in control. We're more at the mercy of all of these pictures that are coming to us constantly. You know, whether we saw some crazy thing on Game of Thrones, you know, that's like sticking in our head and we're like, ah, you know. <laughs> like, I can't get this thing out of my head. I don't know. I'm just going to say it. And the other person's like, whoa. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's, a lot of things that there's a lot of things that aren't as good in person in, in reality as they are on the TV screen. So. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the person gets a chance to express it and find that out for himself and be like, oh, wow, yeah, no, that was just so strange, but cool, you know. And now we have a deeper connection because he trusted me with that. Well, aren't aren't there times too when it just feels good? Just if if you're thinking about something and and you just keep, it keeps popping up in your consciousness, and sometimes it helps just to get the opportunity just to get it out to somebody, just to say something, even if you don't oh, act absolutely. on it. You know, absolutely. It, I mean, some, sometimes you just have an over the top conversation, and it's like, okay, if you could do anything imaginable, what in the world would it be? You know, and sometimes it just mm-hmm. it just feels good to get the words out, and then then you may not. Do it, or you might. Who knows? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. Or so we, you know, you kind of figure out the place where both people could enjoy that. You know, like somebody wants to experience right. something kinky. 
And, you know, you're like, oh, well, you know, that's kind of interesting if we do it like this, you know, that, you know, then I could, you know, I think that would be fun. And then the person's like, oh, yeah, great. You know, like they just have an idea. They just throw an idea out there. They're not, they're not even that attached to it. That's true. Um, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, okay, so when you first start seeing a new person, do you kind of discuss uh, the boundaries, the, the ground rules? How, how do you tackle that? Well, um, you know, somebody will call me, and, um, you know, we're, we're very safe. Uh, it's a very safe, safety-oriented industry these days. And so, you know, there's websites where we can go, and we, you know, type a person's phone number in, and we see, you know, it's not a, it's not a very um, in-depth kind of background check, but we just make sure that nobody's had a bad experience with somebody right. with that phone number, you know. And, uh, and then, you know, usually you can see, you know, you can see if it's, um, in their name or if it's, you know, some kind of like a Skype number or Google Voice number, which people might be using to hide their identity, which to me is a, is a safety flag that, oh, this might not be somebody that I can really enjoy myself with. Um, you know, because it's like I have my website out there. I have my face on it. I have my, you know, like that's a vulnerable thing to have right. put out there. And so if a man can't meet me with the same vulnerability by giving me his real name and phone number, then already we're just not on the same page. Um, yeah, definitely. And so that's just an automatic disqualification. <laughs> um, and so, uh, so if, you know, if the person, you know, shows, you know, and then also I'll make sure, you know, what kind of business he's in, whether he's seen somebody before that can vouch for him being a good guy. Um, you know, so I handle my safety stuff right away. And then we just, and then I feel for respect. Um, you know, is this somebody that can connect with somebody else? Um, right. Is this somebody who can follow my lead, who, you know, can have a conversation, who can, um, you know, hear what I'm saying and take it in and then come, you know, bring something back? Because, you know, sometimes people are so nervous or they're so self-absorbed um, right. that they really are not available to connect. And, you know, and they, again, you know, they want kind of more of a prostitution type experience. And, you know, they just kind of want to just, you know, let me put my body on your body, you know. I'm like, no, nah, it's not really my thing. But there's a lot of people, you know, out there who are likely to, to do that with you. So, you know, <laughs> carry on your search. Good luck. It takes a lot less effort, though, you know. It takes a whole yeah. lot less effort than, than to make an actual connection with the other person. Well, the thing is, though, is it takes more effort on the back end, <laughs> you know, because it's the many, disturbance of the body. <laughs> so many comments, but I'll, I'll leave them all alone. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. This is why I have to write the whole book because, you know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, but I know that in order for me to be authentically available for connection and authentically enjoy a person, I need to know that they're going to be, you know, safe and respectful. Right. Um, and then I start to feel for chemistry. Uh, you know, what do they like to do? What do they do in their spare time? Um, you know, for me, like, I love scientists, scientists, engineers, very, um, you know, cerebral kind of numbers guys, um, <laughs> as opposed to the really sporty, um, you know, physical salesman type guys. Um, and that's just my, you know, because that's how my brain is. I'm very introverted, I write, um, you know, as you know, you know writing is a very, um, it's a, it's a very quiet solo practice. Um, 
you know, and so I'm not very gregarious. I'm not um, that I go and have 10 drinks with somebody and close the bar down and dance all night. It's just not my, not what turns me on. Um, and so, you know, and so I'll have these experiences with men who are they're quiet. They're, they're quiet. They're sensual. They're, um, they're usually people who have a depth to them that um, they don't usually have time to or space to share with somebody. Uh, you know, because, you know, the world goes very quickly. And so, you know, for these kinds of guys, they don't usually have enough just time in a regular dating situation to, like, express themselves fully. And so, you know, with somebody whose company, um, they're, like, you know, the interesting thing about, about these kinds of dates is you say how long, you know, well, the client determines how long they want the date to be. And so you can pay for, you know, four hours of somebody's time and know that you're going to have four hours to get comfortable. (laughs) That you're not going to be pressured, you know, that if you can't make it happen in, you know, ten minutes or half an hour or something, there's, you know, she's going to leave and she's going to think that, you know, you're whatever, inadequate or, you know, something. Like, Like guys, you know, guys like to go slow just like women. And, you know, and it's just, so um, so hard sometimes within the culture for them to feel like it's okay to take as long as they want. Right. Well, a lot of a lot of yeah, that that would be unusual for a lot of people, I would think. Mm-hmm. So I tell you, one of there was there was one paragraph that you you sent me that I read over several times, and it was it, it hit on so many interesting things. One of one of the things that I, I have done a couple of shows about and I really think is important, and it was one of my favorite topics to study when I was, I was doing my coaching training, was mm-hmm. about intimacy. Because a lot of people, mm-hmm. I don't think, really, they don't understand what intimacy is, and a lot, I don't think that they've really experienced it, or if they did, they didn't realize. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that to be mean, it's just, it's something that, it's not something you just kind of learn a lot of places, you know, mm-hmm. but... You were, you were talking about this and said people fear intimacy because they don't understand their emotions, which is actually, that's, that's good. Um, it says they don't want to be carried away or smashed by the waves, but surfing our emotions is the same as surfing in the ocean. The only way to learn is to keep getting pummeled until you figure out how to stand. I like that. That is the unfortunate truth. <laughs> you can't learn it in a workshop. you got to learn it on the field. <laughs> Not, or not in the water, as it were. <laughs> exactly. You know, but you know? It, and it was funny because that is so true. And in my training, the the way that that intimacy is ex- explained initially is break it down to into me see. Okay, so you're you're letting the person see inside you. You're making mm-hmm. yourself vulnerable. And I noticed mm-hmm. vulnerability is is something that you mentioned several different times, also. So mm-hmm. how how does vulnerability and either helping people to to reach a vulnerable point or to deal with vulnerability. How does that work into your work? Okay, um, this is a long, this is a big topic. Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to just tackle it from a couple different angles. Um, okay. So how I understand the personality is that it has layers. Uh, you know, like we have people that we let in so far. You know, like we might let them in a couple layers deep. And then we have some people that we might let in a couple more layers deep. And then other people that we might let in, you know, more, more layers deep, you know, until we have, you know, possibly somebody that we might let in all the way. 
um, or, you know, as far as we're aware of being capable of, you know. Uh, and so, you know, you start, I, I start work with a stranger. And so, you know, we are out, we are, you know, as we're like at layer one, you know, we're like, <laughs> but as he begins to feel um, not judged, you know, as he begins to feel my like authentic curiosity and interest in who he actually is. Um, and he, you know, because we also test one another out there, you know, like he'll test to see if I'm going to try to sway his desire in some way. You know, this is what, you know, so he'll call me to, to schedule a date. And if I try to push him into it, you know, if I try to sell him in some way or something, then I've already disrespected his desire. And so he's not going to let me in. You know, he may, he may still see me, but he won't let me in. Because, you know, we're, we're constantly testing each other in these places. You know, does this person have their attention on me? Or does this person have their attention on something they want from me? And, you know, and as we go through each gate and I keep my attention on him, because I'm authentically interested in him, you know, like I already know that like no amount of money is going to make me happy. Like it's the authentic connection with another person that has the juice for me. Um, and so, you know, so he'll test me at all these different, all these different places. And even sometimes, you know, whenever he shares, you know, some like awkward sexual fantasy, he's again testing me to see like, oh, is she going to be scared of me? Is she going to, um, you know, is she, is she going to, is she going to judge me? You know, all these layers are, are just judgment, you know, and as soon as we judge somebody, they just, you know, they seal off and that's, as, that's as far as you're going to get for a while. <laughs> um, and all that judgment is, is me, you know, getting scared and putting my attention back on myself instead of keeping it on him. So, you know, thank goodness I've done meditation for a long time because I can, I can, I mean, I, I won't say that I can do this perfectly, but I can, you know, I do have some ability to hold my attention and hold my focus where I want it um, so, um, so I'm not distracted. And I just keep on, you know, like, okay, you know, interested curiosity. Who is this person in front of me? Who is this person? Who is this person? What do they want? How do they want it? What, you know, what does he need? Um, and, you know, and often different layers will emerge that he's not even aware of. Um, you know, I've so many times, hundreds of times, maybe a thousand times, somebody has said to me, you know, wow, I feel more comfortable with you than I do, like, my closest friends. You know, like, why is that? And it's, you know, and, and there's one reason why, because I could hold my attention on him without judgment. That's the only reason. And we're just such in desperate need of, of this as people um, that, you know, we are willing, that, that's why they pay me. <laughs> that is really the reason why because <laughs> they, they, they're emotionally like safe you know so anyway that was one aspect that was one answer to the question um you know now the other one is you know whenever you do let somebody in to a layer that's deeper than you're used to letting somebody in at you begin to feel them you know, you begin to have feelings about that. Like, oh, you know, like maybe, you know, he's going to want to spend more time with me now and maybe it's going to make him uncomfortable. Um, you know, maybe I'm going to want to spend more time with him now and that's going to make me uncomfortable. Um, you know, and we become less able to, um, like, kind of keep ourselves under control when we're in these, you know, new depths that, we're, that we just don't have a lot of, um, a lot of skill in because we haven't spent a lot of time there. Um, and so, again, you know, it's another sort of test. Like, 
you know, is it okay for him to be like out of control a little bit and, you know, for him to really not know how he's going to feel. Um, and, you know, is there going to be space for him to like find his stability in this new place? Right. Yeah. Interesting. Well, and, and I love one of the comments you made, and I, I got so many things highlighted in my notes and so many notes, it's ridiculous. But <laughs> it's just, and, and I think this, this is applicable in any relationship at all. It's, and you said people heal when they are given judgment-free attention. I actually mm-hmm. even posted on my Facebook page yesterday. I said, preview the Yay, it's so cool. Like I said, people don't ever, ever, ever underestimate being non-judgmental. It's amazing what that does. Even yeah. even if it's something you wouldn't do or you aren't really interested in, that doesn't make the other person wrong. It doesn't mean you have the right to judge that person. Because you know what? We all do something another person doesn't like or thinks is wrong. So. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know who it is? I can think of a whole list of things. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Just keep it to yourself, people. Just keep it to yourself. But like I said, I, I think people would be amazed at how things open up with, with friendships or relationships or in, anything like that if you just – Keep the judgment to yourself, or just don't even think about the judgment. It's negativity. Get rid of the negativity, for heaven's sakes. Yeah, just put your attention back on the person. You know, if they yeah. say something that's weird to you, be like, hey, you know, tell me more about that. Like, you don't have to be like, you know what, that's weird. I'm done. I don't want to hear anything more about that. Because it's like whenever we hear something weird, we do want to know. We do. I do. <laughs> We're like curious cats. We can't help it. You know, we'll sit around and, you know, we'll have a glass of wine with our, you know, friends later and we'll still be talking about that weird guy with that weird thing and why does he do that, you know? When it's like if we were to just stay there in the moment, we could just ask him. And then the story is even better when we tell it over wine. <laughs> well, you know, even if it's still something you're not interested in, it gives you another insight into the person. You know, exactly. why are they interested in it? You, you just... Um, I, I ask a million questions. That's why I like doing a radio show. I, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You have such a great job. <laughs> Seriously, if I could do it for a living. But, um, but you know, cause you never know. That's just like, that's why I brainstorm with people about things, too. You just start sharing back and forth. And if somebody says something bizarre, you know, just ask them. Say, what, what is it about that that you like or what's of interest or, or what do you know about that that I don't know? Because maybe they know something that, that you don't know that makes it much more yeah. interesting. You know, yeah, like said, totally. Even, even if you don't change your mind about it, you've grown as a human being because you know something you didn't know five minutes ago. So mm-hmm. just open the mind. Open the mind. <laughs> so. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, sometimes they just say things. And, I mean, I know that I do this all the time. I say something, and then I realize, oh, what I said wasn't quite the thing I wanted to say. You know, the conversation oh, was going too fast. <laughs> I didn't, you know. And so then, you know, like if you hear something and you hear something weird, like, Chances are the other person knows that they've said something weird, too. <laughs> so it's really a very kind action to kind of go back there and be like, you know, I wasn't quite sure I was following you whenever you said this. You know, can you tell me more about that? <laughs> like, they'll be so relieved. <laughs> you, were, you were talking about something, and you said that each person has a particular form of personality labyrinth that I've figured out how to navigate. Explain mm-hmm. that to me. I, well, that's what I was talking to you about before. You know, so every, we have these layers of personality. And, you know, we meet each other 
you know, on like layer one. And we're like, okay, you know, like, and, and, and each time that we um, prove that we're, you know, still curious about the person, we still have our attention on the person, we still, um, you know, want to listen to them and get to know them, and, you know, we don't want to try to control them or manipulate them or want something from them or whatever, um, we, we navigate their labyrinth. And so, you know, the people have different, like, different things on top, um, you know, so for me, you know, money. Money is a part of the equation of dating in this way. And, and not so in the often, way that you're going to say. Hmm? What do you say? And, and not in the way they think you're going to say or explain it. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, money is a way that we establish respect. Um, and, but, you know, we don't establish respect by, by like, you know, it's not like he pays me and I respect him. <laughs> it's like it's like the money is there, um, but it's like, you know, money is part of every relationship. And so to make it a conscious part of this relationship helps it find its right place. Um, you know, like, like if, that, if, if, if the person that I meet as an escort wants me to have my full attention on them, then I can't have my attention split, you know, as somebody with – a 60-hour-a-week job might have it split. Um, you know, we only have so much attention. And, you know, and if we're raising a household, we have our own business, you know, like we've got a lot of attention out there on other things. But, you know, these guys, they want my full attention. And so in order for them to have my full attention, I need to have other things covered. <laughs> you know, and that's just how it is. <laughs> you know, I've had that conversation with people on, on a business level going, okay, the, you need to pay me so I can keep my home so I have a place to do these things for you. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, it's part of the equation. Yeah, speaking, and, speaking of money, yeah. something something you were talking about was how quite a few of your your clients have been wealthy, and and you brought up some really interesting things about individuals that are wealthy that from a perspective I hadn't thought about. Um, um, so what what are some of the things that that draw people that are very wealthy to having an escort as compared to maybe? Uh, trying to find a, a um, more mainstream relationship. How about that? Does that work? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I mean, you know, people who people who have money are used to that money drawing a lot of attention, and right. so they're you know they're used to people coming to them with business ideas or opportunities, you know, on a daily basis, <laughs> and um, and. And whenever it's you know whenever they're not at work, when they're at home, when they want to relax and kind of get into their sensual self, they don't want to be wondering if somebody's going to present a business opportunity to them, you know. <laughs> like they want to, and and they're happy to share for the most part, you know. Like it's it's not really that big of a deal to them, um, you know, to help me out in that way. But then we also know that for the next you know hour, four hours, or four days, or whatever. Money's handled. There isn't going to be another conversation about money, period. And, you know, and they're going to have my full attention. Um, and that is really rare. It's, it's really rare. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's course, sad, you know, that it's so rare. Um, yeah, it is. Well, and, and Elaine, too, one of the things you were sharing was that they're often um, shamed by society for having emotional needs in the first place. You know, like, yeah. like because this person has a lot of money, they don't deserve my empathy on any level. 
which that, that's ridiculous, but it, it makes a lot of sense when, when I was looking it over. Um, you know, and, and so often you hear the, you know, somebody is really wealthy and they have such a hard time finding somebody because everybody's out to, you know, get some piece of their money or that kind of thing, which, it, like I said, is sad, and I've heard way too many stories about that kind of thing. Um, and then even, even the idea, too, about how people just think it's okay to say derogatory things about a person because they have a lot of money. Yeah. You know, so there, there again, they're prejudging the person because they have money and making assumptions and then not treating them like they would treat somebody that maybe has less money or even no money. Because people are very empathetic to people that have no money. You know, right. and, and people with money, money doesn't buy happiness as far as I'm concerned. That's not the be-all, end-all of life. So... Mm-hmm. You can't assume just because somebody has a big bank account or a big house on the hill or whatever that everything is perfect in their life because you know what? It's probably not. It's probably nowhere close. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And you know, because I've, I've met so many people, you know, from the from that um, background. I mean, you, could, you really like they're some of the most like starved people for attention and for care. You know, for genuine right. affection that I've ever met. Um, you know, it's it's sad, um, and you know that there's a lot of pride, of course, you know, in that right. society, and you know, in the whole you know stiff upper lip thing. Like nobody's going to, um, you know, you just can't show weakness there, and you can't right. show vulnerability, and you can't show emotional need, and you can't show, um, you know, you're going through a bad time to anybody, not even your friends, not your wife. I mean, like, oh, you know, like, gosh, that's like intense. Okay. okay. So, you know, something interesting was you also said it keeps you alert and keeps your own greed in check. That's interesting. Is that, yeah. how, how, how does that happen? I mean, I mean, our whole society is set up, you know, to draw, like, for the money to draw our attention, right? <laughs> That's interesting. Oh, like, I mean, you know, like, I, I don't even watch television. Like, I don't read women's magazines, you know, all this, because, um, you know, the whole culture is like, is like money, 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 get the money, get the money. And, uh, and so, you know, when, when I'm seeing somebody and they might be worth, you know, millions, millions of dollars, it's very hard for me to maintain my attention, you know, on them, especially when we're negotiating, um, right. You know what? Right. What's the you know rate going to be and and all that and you know and it's like oh like I can feel it I can feel this like you know greedy monster in there that's like you know I know he gained more you know <laughs> it's like no that's not what we're doing here we're not trying to find out exactly how much he will pay <laughs> we are just you know stating the rate that we would state to anyone you know like that that is the rate. As a rate for this amount of attention for this amount of time. That's it, you know? And it doesn't matter if he could afford to pay, you know, 20 times that. Like, yeah, so, you know, it's just, it it just helps me see, you know, kind of how much control I have over my own, (laughs) over my own attention when there's a lot of money on the table. You know, because also, you know, these guys are used to, um, you know, this whole personality labyrinth of the of the wealthy. You know, I have met some people who will use it as a way to prove to themselves that nobody's capable of giving them the attention that they need. And so they'll um they'll try to set me up, right? They'll, you know, like they'll like, you know, promise all of this stuff 
And then um, when my attention starts to go to the stuff instead of them, then they don't deliver, they get angry, and yeah. So, you know, I've learned over the years, like, keep your attention on the man. Whatever stuff he promises, that's up to him. You know, we have our rate for our time, and that's, you know, what we're doing. And if he wants to do anything over and above that, that is up to him at the time, and he may or may not do that. He might say whatever he wants during our time together. My, you know, my job is to keep my attention on him, not on his future promises. (laughs) I would think, too, that people with a lot of money are used to being expected to promise other things, you know, whether it's fancy jewelry or whatever. You know, well, you know, in so, a traditional relationship, you know, that's what women are told to, to get, you know. That, oh, if he loved you, he'd get you a diamond, you know. He'd get you this, he'd yeah. do that, he'd, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't get that, but there's there's other things in a relationship I want a whole lot more than that. <laughs> so, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> now, Something you were, I asked you a question. What do you think stops people from having satisfying, intimate relationships? Oh, this is one of my favorite things, too. So what, what are some of your insights on that? Oh, my. Um, <laughs> well, I think that, you know, we make each other responsible for our emotional state. Yes. And, yes. That you know, drives me crazy, but yes. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, it's really true that you can only experience the good emotions to the extent that you're willing to experience the bad ones. Like, you can only experience hope to the extent that you're willing to experience disappointment, you know? Like, you can only experience, um, uh, um, like, you know, connection and, um, like, Oh, I'm trying to think of another just easy pair there. Um, but like um, reliability, um, you know, you can only experience somebody being there for you to the extent that you're willing to feel their betrayal when they're not, you know. And so like just over the years I've learned to handle myself through betrayal and disappointment and, and all of that and not be so scared of it um, that now I can really enjoy like – I can be hopeful about, you know, just about everybody I meet who's respectful. Like, um, you know, like I really just don't have criteria now for, you know, chemistry or connection. It's like if a person, you know, establishes safety and respect, it's on. We're good. You know, like, like I don't care what he looks like. I don't care, you know, how emotionally capable he is or not. Like, <laughs> like I'm emotionally capable. I'm emotionally capable enough for both of us. So, um uh, so how does that go back to um, to intimacy? Um, or was that the question, intimacy? Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things you were saying that, and, and that, I, so many cool quote, quotes I like from this, is that, see, and, and now I have to read the book when it's finished. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, this, this applies in so many ways to relationships. Um let me see. People do not give each other the freedom to express themselves without repercussions. I like that. It's like yeah. once once you say certain things, then there's all these expectations, you know? Right. Because sometimes right. you, can just, you can be having a fantastic conversation or a fantastic time and just say, I just love you. And you, you don't mean <laughs> I have deep, never-ending, we have to get married next week kind of love for the person. You know? <laughs> You, you may just love the feeling with the person or the way they make you feel or 
the wonderful things they do to you that feel wonderful, you know, yeah. or the way they react to you, you know, because there's, there's a mm-hmm. great bond when you know that you can create these fantastic feelings in another person whether physical mm-hmm. or emotional or whatever. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I like the idea of having having the freedom to not have to worry about, I, I guess, it ex, how about the expected expectations based on things you say and do? Maybe mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and because of that, people don't feel that they can, they can be totally honest with the other person or they can't be as spontaneous because oh, I may say something they're going to take wrong, you know. And I, I see it with myself when I say something to, to people sometimes, and I'm like, oh, God, how, do, how are they going to take it? What's going to come across mm-hmm. wrong? Yeah, Which yeah. Does, it really does make us hesitate sometimes because you're like, you know, I, I want to say this because it's what I feel at the moment, but, man, they're going to take it wrong, <laughs> you know, so you just Yeah, don't. I mean, you know, not only are they going to take it wrong, they're going to blame, you know, and be like, you know, you made me feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> And so, you know, like, this is what was interesting. Like, uh, you know, I was so used to the kinds of experiences I was having at work being so much better than my real relationships outside of work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That, you know, for a long time I thought, oh, my God, you know, like, can I ever have a partner? Like, oh, no, I I ruined it. (laughs) It was so, the experience of being a girlfriend is so good that now, like, I'll never be a real girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, so I've been in a, a really great partnership for the last two years now, and um, and we are both, like, emotionally responsible for ourselves. There and, you go. Know, and that doesn't mean we don't say, hey, like, that hurt my feelings, you know, <laughs> what's going on, you know? <laughs> um, but, you know, we just don't, like, like, we don't extract punishment, you know? Like, we don't hold it... We just don't hold on to things. Like, I remember I had this rule when I was in college. It was my, my first boyfriend, and I was like, okay, I'm never going to go to bed angry. And then after three nights of not sleeping and having a 9 a.m. German class, I'm like, we have to break up because I have to go to bed, and I'm angry. <laughs> this isn't working. <laughs> but, um, but now I know enough about how to handle my own emotions so I don't make myself angrier, you know, and I just kind of say in the moment, like, hey, you know, that thing you said that hurt my feelings, like, what, what's going on with that? Like, did you really mean that? Like, you know, um, this. instead of, you know, like harboring it and, yeah. Well, and keep in mind, in this, I'm going to quote you again. I'm going to do that a lot during this. But he said, if we edit ourselves, our sexual experience decreases instantly. Yeah, that's cool. That's a cool thought too, because it does. Yeah. You know, we we hold back, and and the thing is, if you're holding back mentally, you're holding back in every other possible way, physically, yep, emotionally, are. whatever. Mm-hmm. I you mean, know, especially and, as women, because our emotions are so tied to our sexuality that if we don't, if we can't be emotionally expressive, forget it. Like it's just not really going to happen. <laughs> not to the fullness. Not no. I mean. You know, like, you can have a little, you know, of course you can have a little. But, but, you know, the fullness, I mean, like, as women, we have so much sensation available to feel in our bodies. Like, whoa. (laughs) But, yeah, if I have to hold back emotionally, I can't really experience that full range. And that's what I get with my partner now. Because at work, I can't, I can be expressive, right? But, like, I can't really let myself be out of control totally. Because my attention's on him, not necessarily myself all the time. 
And, right. you know, but when, you know, and when my attention's on him, like, I'm not really having the same depth of emotional experience, you know, and we don't live together, we don't, you know, we don't have all of those kinds of things that make a traditional relationship, you know, emotionally um, full, you know, <laughs> like we just meet each other for a short time, we treat each other well, we have a little experience, and then we go back to our lives. Um, but, you know, I live with my partner. We have, you know, financial issues, we, you know, don't sleep at the same time. <laughs> we share a loft, you know, and he's got to be up at seven, and I don't go to bed till four, and like, oh, shit's a drag. <laughs> I, could, I could never be in the same house as somebody got up at seven. I have the most insane schedule imaginable. Well, yeah, it's hard, you know. <laughs> so, tell you what, we, believe it or not, we are almost out of time. Do you want to tell Oh, my goodness. I know. I, I knew time was going to fly, but it went even faster than I thought. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell them a little bit about your book? Sure. Um, well, the book is called Modern Courtesan for now. Um, it's going to be, uh, we're going to be taking it around to publishers next year, beginning of next year. And so that's just the working title. But it does have a Facebook page, and it will have a website, moderncourtesan.com, coming soon. So by the time this airs, that uh, website ought to be up and running. And, um, yeah, it's a memoir. It's my memoir. I'm describing my experiences as an escort from that uh, spiritual practice point of view while giving lots of juicy stories <laughs> and first-hand accounts of, um, of situations out there. And, and, and folks, yeah. there are lots of excerpts on her Facebook page. You should check them out. There's some interesting stories. Yeah, yeah I pulled some juicy tidbits for you. <laughs> I like that. She has yeah. lots of juicy tidbits to share. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, you know, I'm also, you know, thrice, I've I've been through three different life coaching programs and I'm, you know, I'm available for that kind of um, coaching of somebody, you know, is curious about this work or has done this work and needs a, you know, special ear um, to hear, um, you know, them and their desires and their experiences. I'm available for that. It's my my special niche. And there's also information about that on modernquartzon.com. There is. All right. Well, I knew it was going to be an entertaining call, and I was right. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you yeah. so much for having me. Well, before we started recording, it's like, okay, we're, we're going to laugh a lot. I just I know we are. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be a giggle fest. And I hope that um, that I answered everything fully. I know that I tend to go on a lot of tangents, which is why I had to write, you know, a 200-page book about it, <laughs> because there's just so much to say. You can't pack it all into an hour, but... Um, there is. There is. I, I well, and, and see, when, when the book comes out, I'll probably have you back, and we'll talk again. See, just, you never That'll know. That would be great. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, this is delightful. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you were here with me today, and I hope the listeners had a good time. And if you'd like to hear it again, it will be archived on my website. So that's easy to check out. You just go to uh, www.lovecoachjourney.com. And for right now, there will be a link right on the, on the home page. Um, it'll say, it's going to say Modern Courtesan. And if not, there's also a link um, in the sidebar to the full archives for all of the shows. So lots, lots of stuff in there to talk about and listen to. So, Jackie, it was awesome having you with me today. And like I said, I want, I want a copy, advanced copy, so I can review it for you. Okay. <laughs> you got it. Uh, you know, it's it, just interesting, interesting stuff, you guys. I can just imagine what the book's going to be like after, after just reading her, her answer she sent me. So mm. it was great. <laughs> And, folks, we, we're you. hoping that you gave you – well, and a lot of things you shared, 
can be good for any kind of relationship. I mean, there, there's a reason people are looking for escorts. So consider yeah. that, that there are tidbits that she shared about learning about the person, getting becoming more intimate with them, understanding what they want. That any kind of relationship can use that. So definitely, definitely think Absolutely. about that. Absolutely. My listeners know I'm a very outside the box kind of person and get creative and you know so don't get stuck in a rut. <laughs> so, yeah. so listeners, <laughs> I, I will see you next time right here on Ready for the Love Radio. <laughs> 